Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by Draeger. Draeger recognizes the complexities of today's fire ground and the multitude of incidents that require firefighters to step into areas of increased risk. Draeger's firefighting equipment gives you the confidence to concentrate on the task at hand. Learn more at Draeger.com. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. From Hope, BC, I'm Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy. Each year in October, we in the fire service uh, join forces in public education during Fire Prevention Week. And to tell us more about this year's program is Laura King, who is the uh, NFPA Public Education Representative for Canada. And it's a pleasure, Laura, to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Tommy D. It's, uh, you know, we talked in, you know, in the couple, last couple of years, you know, we talked about Fire Prevention Week. It is, it's an important time when we get together, we focus, uh, at least in the fire service, our attentions on one particular theme. Uh, this year's theme is, uh, well, I'll let you talk about it. It's, it's out there and, and, and such. Uh, again, the theme this year, October 3rd to 9th is Fire Prevention Week. And Tell us more what the theme is. Sure thing. We actually, we hope that people focus on fire prevention all year long, Tom, but uh, for Fire Prevention Week this year, the theme is learn the sounds of fire safety. And uh, I'll tell you the backstory to that. So every year we, you know, we come up with something a little bit new and a little bit catchy, but, you know, over the years, you'll see that there are um, similarities, right? So generally, it has to do with smoke alarms and escape because uh, escape planning, uh, because those are the most important things that we need to be teaching the public. So um, usually, the Fire Prevention Week theme is born of brainstorming. My colleagues in the public education and education divisions at NFPA look at data and trends to determine areas where we need to focus. And you, you guys are all familiar with the last few years, no two ways out, look, listen, learn, serve up fire safety in the kitchen. Well, this year, that process was a little bit different. When COVID, of course, when COVID restrictions were introduced in early 2020 and virtual learning began, NFPA and fire departments started hearing from teachers. And teachers, of course, are familiar with Learn Not to Burn, as are many of you, your listeners, and NFPA's sparkyschoolhouse.org website. And people, they know the sounds of fire safety. So during Zoom sessions or Google Classroom sessions or whatever it was, teachers were hearing chirping smoke alarms in the background in students' homes, and they were hearing them the next day and the next week. So we at NFPA and fire and life safety educators across North America, we've known for years that the sounds of the smoke and CO alarms were confusing for so many people, but this became even more clear over the last 18 months. And it also became clear that a lot of times families didn't know what to do about the chirp or worse, they just chose to ignore it. So the 2021 fire prevention theme was a no brainer. We needed to focus and we need to focus on the sounds of the smoke and CO alarms and knowing what to do when the alarm sounds. So we did brainstorm to get the wording and the messaging right and to determine the calls to action, which are simple and effective. So I'll tell you them now. I love them. It's hear the beep, get on your feet. Obviously, we want people to understand that when the alarm sounds, they must get up, get out and call 911. And then the other one is hear a chirp, make a change. And this is really tricky. People need to do something when they hear the chirp, but often they don't know what to do. So chirps can mean two things, right? A low battery or an alarm is at the end of its life. And figuring out that problem can take time. 
the small print on the back of the alarm is really difficult to read. People discard their user guides or move into a home and they don't have the instructions and not everyone is inclined to look online to learn the particulars of their smoke and CO alarms. So people may not have the batteries or the means to get to the store to get them or a replacement alarm. So our goal for Fire Prevention Week 2021 is to provide accurate, effective information and break down these barriers to change. So I know that's a mouthful, but there is a lot of background information that goes with the theme this year. I've, I've always been, and I'm glad this has been brought up this way because I've always been a proponent around the fact that people uh, out buy the alarms, they follow uh, the, the, the recommendations from the fire service and from public education, bring in the CO alarms, put smoke alarms everywhere. And then again, they don't know what the chirping means and, and they won't take the time to read the directions. And, and what you're getting, of course, as you know, is you're getting all these calls to fire departments through alarm systems, through monitored alarms, it's been a big issue for a long time. And we're going to those monitored alarms to change a battery. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a huge drain on resources. So a great, a great call with this, with this theme and that idea. I think that's important. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, we've known it exists. And, you know, I'll tell you a couple little stories. I have all kinds of smoke alarms in my home, as you can imagine, and CO alarms. And I have all versions of them because my home was built when you needed to have um, uh, interconnected alarms and alarms in bedrooms. But I came from another home that didn't. So I brought my alarms with me. So I've got extra alarms and whatnot, as you do, right, as you do. Um, But three or four of them have, I'll I'll use the word failed, Um, that the technology is there, the technology is good, but it's not perfect, right? So I had one that went off uh, in a bedroom, and it was the alarm sound, not the chirping sound. And there there was nothing to do that, to make it do that. It was only a couple of years old. And I've had three where the chirping, um, you know, continued, and there was no battery to replace because they were interconnected, and they didn't have backup batteries because the code didn't require at that time. Um, So, you know, stuff like that happens, and people get a little a little cranky when that happens, but the technology is there. The technology is there for a reason, but but we still have a lot of work to do to educate people and make them understand that it is their responsibility to protect their families from fire and other hazards, and they need to be up on that technology. The same as you need to keep your car in good repair to be out on the highway, you need to keep your smoke alarms and CO alarms in good repair. You don't have, to, don't have to be a mechanic to drive a car, but you know Correct. to take it in and have someone look after it. In the same way with, uh, with a simple, uh, you know, replacing a battery of a smoke alarm, you don't have to be an electrician, but you can certainly take that on yourself. Exactly. But as I say, there are barriers to change, right? So if people live in a home with 10 foot ceilings in my community, that's not unusual. And you're not... Um, overly mobile, perhaps. That's a challenge and that's a barrier to change. So people just let the, the chirping continue. Or again, you can't get to the store to get the battery or you can't even get the battery out because sometimes they're very tight and they're difficult to access. So that messaging is really difficult, right? How do you put that in a tweet? Or how do you put that in a Facebook post that's not so long, people are not going to read it? How do you make a little 30 second video that's going to attract people's attention or a TikTok to explain that? So that is our challenge. But, you know, we, we, I think we've succeeded with our messaging for Fire Prevention Week. Hear the beep, hear a beep, get on your feet, hear a chirp, make a change. So at least that starts the conversation and then we can 
can continue to use those nice catchy messages as we go forward. But, you know, people tend to fall to what's easy, right? We still have those older messages that you can find on Google if you search um, spring forward, fall back, change your clock, change your batteries. Well, that message is still effective for a very small percentage of the population, those who have older alarms and older, older housing stock. Anybody who has a newer home and newer style alarms, that message doesn't work, right? So we have to provide lots of messaging and lots of different accurate and up-to-date messaging. And you can find all of that, of course. You knew I was going to say that, Tom. You can find all of that in the NFPA Educational Messages Desk Reference, which you can download for free from the NFPA website or shoot me an email and I'll get it to you. It's all there, but there is a little bit of work that fire departments and public educators have to do to get the messages to the public. And that's where I find that we're we're tripping up um, and we're not um, drilling down deeply enough to get those messages out. Everyone knows you need to change the batteries, but now some don't have batteries or the batteries are difficult to access or they're 10 years sealed and you don't need to change them. So, you know, we have to be specific. I think the the old days, if it, if you will, during the fire prevention week, always seemed to target that one demographic. You know what I mean? That, that, that kindergarten to grade four demographic. Clearly, uh, the, the, the strategy has been to get away from that and make it more inclusive to every age group uh, when it comes to these themes. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So NFPA has gone to a more consumer-focused um, theme and a more consumer-focused website. So if you were to send folks in your community to the uh, to firepreventionweek.org or fpw.org, uh, they would find that the resources work for them. So they work for schools and daycares and caregivers and families. And there are lots of activities for that families can do together. These messages work for children and for schools, which I know is always going to be most people's focus for Fire Prevention Week, but they are certainly meant to include everybody. And as you say, be more inclusive, as are the activities, the resources, and the materials that go along with them now. And of course, the issue is that we know that now that the data has changed. We know that children are not as vulnerable to fire as they used to be. And it's not because children aren't vulnerable to fire. It's because the codes and standards have changed and fewer children uh, five and under are injured or involved in fatalities, right? Um, because things are just better. <laughs> All the, the technology, the clothing, um, our messaging about playing with, with lighters and matches, those kinds of things. Um, so that we know that most of the fatalities that occur are and even the injuries are older adults or really busy people who, you know, leave a burner on or that kind of thing. So those are the audiences that we want to target. We also want to make sure that we're targeting all demographics and, uh, you know, all types of people, no matter where they live, all ages, all uh, groups, and making sure that we help people understand that what they're doing in their daily lives is what can lead to um, fire and injury so that what they need to do in their daily lives is all of that fire prevention uh, action items, all of those fire prevention action items. Educators or public educators really had a challenge in the past 18 months, I think, in the fire service. Uh, how, how has it been challenging in terms of trying to get the message out and then, of course, trying to do uh, a regular or normal, if I can use that word, fire prevention week as far as activities? It, it really has been difficult. 
It has, but you know what? I would say that public educators across Canada and the United States have stepped up to that challenge and knocked it right down. I'm telling you, what an amazing bunch of people. And we have discovered talents that people didn't know they had. We've got TikTok dancers and singers and people who are able to run virtual classrooms who couldn't even use an iPad, right? So um, we at NFPA, of course, have brought in and done lots of, po uh, not podcasts, um, webinars, pardon me, to show people how to use the various platforms that are out there. And they work great. The only thing is, of course, they take a little bit of time, more than writing things on a blackboard or you know, printing something out on a piece of paper or bringing an activity into a classroom. So it is harder, but it is the way and it's going to always be the way and continue to be the way. And you're actually able to reach more people that way, not fewer. It's just a different experience. So just like we're doing this now by Zoom, Tom, we all have to adapt to that. And we have uh, in our toolkit on our website, a list of ideas and resources for doing, as we call them, you know, out of the box ideas, virtual experiences and whatnot. And all of our resources translate to a virtual uh, presentation style or, or lifestyle. So, you know, I was asked the other day, do you think that people will be doing in-person fire prevention week this year in Canada? I think that very few fire departments will be hosting open houses or whatever it is you would normally do. But, you know, last year we did a great webinar with the Ontario Association of Fire Educators and we had, well, I don't know, eight or 10 fire departments that did fabulous. They just came up with fabulous initiatives. You know, what's your burning question that they did on uh, Twitter and Facebook and people submitted their question and then they had the fire prevention officers. Oh, and the fire prevention officers just loved that. Let me tell you, they had the fire prevention officers answering the questions. We had people doing chalk it up to fire safety. So campaigns through the community where kids and families would go out and do chalk drawings and chalk messages and send them in. And then they would go on the fire department's website and on their platforms. And then they did prizes. We had uh, fire departments doing um, neighborhood drive-throughs or drive-bys. So they took uh, the Fire Prevention Week bags, the goodie bags, and put the information in them. And they handed it out. They just <laughs> using long tools so people weren't coming con in contact. Or families would put a bucket at the end of the driveway, and they would drop all of all of the items in the bucket, kind of thing. So there are ways to do it. You just need to be creative. And you know, in a volunteer department, it means time for sure time and effort but um, you know if you need more ideas we've got them so it's on our website on at fpw.org under in the toolkit and uh, or you can connect with me and I will provide you with a whole uh, PowerPoint presentation that shows all the details of those workshop those uh, initiatives I think the uh, the th thanks to our sponsors and partners here at least in British Columbia we were able in our town to to deliver some 400 smoke alarms uh, into the community uh, through various long distance methods, as you say, uh, while we weren't able to go door to door, which is part of the what the program was intended. The the alarms got into the homes, uh, into the people that needed them. I'm curious now because these alarms were the 10 year uh, uh, alarms that 10 years from now, we've got 400 and some alarms that are going to be needing replacement. Uh, I don't know if the fire service is ready for that, but as these campaigns roll out, I, I think about that. I don't know if that's a concern for anybody. But. Well, you know, it's interesting you should say that. So I moved into a new house uh, just not very long ago. Um, and in the house that I moved from, sorry, in the house that I moved from, it was built would have been built 11 years ago so recently I got a letter in the mail from 
uh, Oakville Fire Department with exactly that. It was a form letter and it just said, you know, the, the house you live in was built 10 years ago. It has 10 year sealed smoke alarms in it and those alarms need to be replaced. So lots of municipalities are tracking their building and their development and making sure that that's the case. And now when that house was built, you didn't need to have a battery backup in that alarm. And now you do. So things change and you got to stay on top of it. But that is a planning department um, issue that needs to be addressed between the fire department and the planning department. And those kinds of things need to be followed up on by the fire department. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you can do campaigns in, in all kinds of ways through social media about that. Hey, do you live in, you know, name your subdivision or whatever? This means that you're going to have to do this. And then you could work with your hardware store, right? Hey, you guys, we've got uh, smoke alarms that, you know, of, of all kinds of descriptions and uh, do a little campaign about how, they, how you install them. And they could even put them on sale. Yeah. <laughs> Right. You, you, now we're marketing smoke alarms. That's I think, right. <laughs> I, I think it must be, you talk about the challenge of getting a message out to the public. Yeah. And, and certainly I think it's for us, we, we have a certain role to play. Obviously NFPA has another role behind the scenes to make this information available. I'm always curious as to how NFPA, how you can meet the challenge to get the information to the people, to the fire departments. But of course we are a diverse country. You've got languages and cultures and demographics. It must be a challenge to try and keep up with all of that. <laughs> to put it mildly, right? So NFPA, as you know, we produce all of our messaging documents. We produce the uh, the desk reference in English and French. Uh, so that's a good start because we've only started doing that in the last four years, I think, since I've been with NFPA. And they produce it in Spanish um, in the United States. So what, what I tell people, people in the provinces and territories and groups that I work with. If you need translation, we will work with you on it. We can't provide translation in every language that would be applicable in Canada. Um, but on the NFPA website, there are uh, all of our tip sheets and many of our resources in many languages. You just have to go and look for them. And then if they're not available, that's when I say, come to me and we will make it work. So we have lots of, um, lots of people, lots of contacts who are ready, willing, and able to provide that service for us. And if we can make that happen, then NFPA, uh, you know, perhaps with some gentle prodding, will produce the graphic version of whatever it is that needs to be done. So we appreciate it. The other thing is, Tom, of course, the uh, Indigenous Fire Safety Council uh, project is working on all of those resources. We have an MOU with that group. So they are using all NFPA materials, background messaging to create uh, all of the resources. So learn not to Burn, um, remembering when program in languages that are, are applicable to their audiences. In Nunavut, for example, they've taken our resources, the offices of fire uh, marshal in Nunavut has taken our resources and translated them into at least two languages um, that are appropriate for the culture and the languages spoken there. Now, obviously, we don't have the capacity at NFPA to do that, but we worked with the territory and again, another MOU so that they can use the NFPA information and resources, but just make them um, more relevant to the community uh, and therefore more usable. It's, uh, it's amazing that, uh, again, while we talk about Fire Prevention Week, we should be talking about fire prevention year round and we talked about the fact that the resources are available remind us again 
how to access the resources uh, from NFPA. And there are a lot of them, as you mentioned, from PowerPoint presentations to, to things that you uh, any, any fire department, regardless of size, uh, can, can use uh, to, to promote fire safety. Tell us how to find that information on the, on the web and some of the addresses. Absolutely. So you can go to, for starters, nfpa.org. It's not nfpa.com, nfpa.org. And that will take you to the overall site codes and standards and training and certification and public education. Uh, under public education on that site, you can find everything that we do. To make it easier for Fire Prevention Week, you can do firepreventionweek.org or FPW, FPW for firepreventionweek.org. So there are lots of ways to navigate to the site and then you just follow the site through. So we've got about Fire Prevention Week that gives you the history and the background. And as we, as we were talking earlier, Tom, 150 years since the Great Chicago Fire. That's remarkable. So which of course is the impetus for fire departments and fire brigades way back when in 1871 and uh, now Fire Prevention Week. And in Canada, we actually have had Fire Prevention Week declared uh, uh, national observance one year longer than it had been in the States, even though it started in the States. So that's all my one up on my colleagues there. Uh, so there's that. There's also a couple of other places that um, fire departments or consumers can go. One is sparky.org, of course, and that is all activities for kids and families. And the other is Sparky Schoolhouse. Dot org, which is, you know what, it's geared to teachers, but I mean, we're, we're all teaching at home these days and it's all virtual learning anyway. So anybody can go there. And of course, everything is free to download. There are videos, there are games, there are apps, there are activities, uh, and there are wonderful things for creating lesson plans and your own in-home stuff too, if you're teaching your children or your family members. It doesn't have to be children at home, but you're so Right, Tom. I mean, you know, fire prevention needs to be all day, every day, right? All day, every day. And I had somebody call me this week about um, a bunch of fires in a community because people were leaving their cooking unattended or turning on the wrong burners. So, you know, that was last year's theme, right? Uh, and it it's consistent and we know that these are the, the main causes and the main messages that we need to get out. So it, it's relentless. We're never finished. The job is never going to be finished. The same as, as you say, um, you know, vehicle safety and driving safety and, and everything else. So uh, we're excited about this year's theme. It's got good and catchy. So hear a beep, get on your feet and hear a chirp, make a change. Learn the sounds of fire safety. And I think that this podcast is now part of those sounds. So <laughs> <laughs> we are part of it. And it, of course, it's Fire Prevention Week in October, October uh, 3rd uh, to 9th uh, this year. And uh, thank you very much, uh, the uh, NFPA Public Education Representative for Canada, Laura King. It's a pleasure and uh, awesome to have you on. And thank you for being the resource that you are. Thanks very much, Tom. And thanks to Firefighting in Canada. Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast brought to you by Drager, your trusted safety solution provider. Visit firefightingincanada.com for more episodes.